Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 223 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we conclude this week's study of our Come Follow Me materials. We're looking at Doctrine and Covenants, Section 85-87, to covered in August the 2nd to August the 8th. And today we're going to look at the actual section of Doctrine and Covenants, Section 87, which of course, as we spoke about yesterday, was the revelation on war that was given to the Prophet Joseph Smith on Christmas Day, 1832. Um, So here we have um, this revelation that's given. And as it says in verse 1, Verily thus saith the Lord concerning the wars that will shortly come to pass, beginning at the rebellion of South Carolina, which will eventually terminate in the death and misery of many souls. So there's something I've noticed as I've studied through this time, and this could just be me kind of taking things uh, into context, which I think they might fit. But basically, the wars is plural. It's not just a war. Uh, it's talking about a multiple wars. And as we know, in the last days, we're taught in Doctrine and Covenants 45 and many other places, there'll be wars and rumours of wars. Um, now, from this point, you could argue that The first big war that happens after this revelation is indeed the U.S. Civil War. I mean, of course, you know, wars, they rage on today in the world. uh, And there's many wars that that happen throughout the world. Um, But in terms of the 1800s, as far as I I can think, um, the U.S. Civil War uh, comes after this one. But then obviously it's referring to wars that will come to pass beginning at the rebellion of South Carolina. Um, And then it says in verse 2, war will be poured out upon all nations. And then in verse 3 it says, For behold, the southern states states shall be divided against the northern states, and the southern states will call on other nations, even the nation of Great Britain, as it is called, and they shall also call upon other nations in in order to defend themselves against other nations, and then war shall be poured out upon all nations. It could be argued that... This second part of this verse, where it talks about Great Britain calling upon other nations to defend it themselves, could possibly be referring to another great war, which takes place after the U.S. Civil War, the First World War, which of course did um, was poured out upon many nations in the world, hence it being called a world war. Um, again, that could just be me reading into that uh, a bit too deeply, and it's just referring to the U.S. Civil War, perhaps, and Great Britain's role in that war. Um, but um, just thought it was something which uh, jumped out there. But we also have here um, just a reminder from the Lord that there will be further things that happen other than this war, uh, such as pestilence and uh, famines and plague and earthquakes. Uh, and this is obviously an indication that we are going into the last days, which has been said a number of times in a number of revelations to Joseph Smith, but these are the things coming to pass now. And in verse 7 it says, that the cry of the saints and of the blood of the saints shall cease to come up into the ears of the Lord of the Sabaoth from the earth to be avenged of their enemies. Um, Now, this does not mean the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, We're not referring to the Sabbath day here. Sabaoth means the Lord of hosts. And I think what the Lord here is trying to teach the prophet is that he is the Lord God of all, that he has all power over over the earth. And so he is able to provide us with peace in a time 
where there is many difficult things happening. It does not mean, of course, that we our life will be perfect without any trial. It doesn't mean that we will avoid all the, the wars that are going on or, or the, or the uh, famines or plagues or earthquakes or sicknesses that are on the earth. Those will happen to everyone, no matter what, you know, whether they are good or bad. I mean, obviously, there is no one that is truly good or truly bad. But um, there is this point to be made that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, that the, the trials and difficulties of this earth and the world events such as this US civil war, such as the famines and the earthquakes and the plagues, natural disasters and so on, uh, they happen to everyone no matter what their dedication to their covenants is or are. But what we are promised is that we can have peace and we can have a, a, a hope and an assurance that all things will be made right for our good in the eternities. In verse 8, it says, Wherefore, stand ye in holy places, and be not moved, until the day the Lord come. For behold, it cometh quickly, saith the Lord. This ending here is an important moment, because it is the Lord teaching the prophet about the need to stand in holy places. And what are these holy places? Well, Dennis B. Nuenschwander said this, quote, Three times in the Doctrine and Covenant, the Lord counsels his people to stand in holy places. The context of his counsel is all the more significant as we look at the current condition of our world. Desolating disease, persecution and war have an all too familiar face and have imposed themselves into our daily experience. In the face of such perplexing problems, the Lord counsels, Behold, it is my will that all they who shall call on my name and worship me according to mine everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places. Holy places have always been essential to the proper worship of God. For Latter-day Saints, such holy places include venues of historic significance, our homes, sacrament meetings and temples. Much of what we reverence and, much, and what we teach our children to reverence as holy and sacred is reflected in these places. The faith and reverence associated with them and the respect we have for what transpires or has transpired in them make them holy. The importance of holy places and sacred space in our worship can hardly be overestimated. Close quote. So, of course, we are referring here, the temple is clearly one of these holy places. Um, but as was said in the quote, we have other places. Our, our chapels can be considered holy places. I mean, the sacrament, one of the most important ordinances in this church, takes place there every week, um, aside from a pandemic. But then, of course, and actually within that pandemic, and as we saw during that pandemic, our homes should be a sacred place. And I feel like that because of that pandemic, we, we saw a glimpse of what the home could become in terms of administering sacred ordinances, in terms of that vital gospel teaching. I mean, obviously, the sacrament shouldn't need to take place in our home every week, but blessings uh, can take place. The, the, the prayers of faith that we deliver on a daily basis, and that study that we do can make this a holy place. And of course, our study with our Come, Follow Me and as a family uh, is a vital thing that takes place in our homes as well. Um, whether our children be young, old or, or moved away, in fact, uh, how we live and how we breathe and how we act within our homes is how our home can become a sacred place. As it says in the Bible Dictionary, which is one of my favourite quotes in the Bible Dictionary, is that the home is that the temple cannot be compared to any building in sacredness on earth except for the the home. Um, and I, I, I may have mentioned this before on a, on a very pre a very previous podcast episode, but um, 
I felt an example of that uh, when I was on my mission in a certain area. And we went to the home of a, of a member. And just the feeling we had in that home, it was like the temple. Just they had calm music playing. They had beautiful pictures of their family around. It was decorated wonderfully. It was very tidy and clean. And just the peace and the and the power of the spirit that was felt there was palpable. Uh, and we can all have that in our homes as well. Of course, our homes may look different and that's okay. But the what we do in our homes, the, the spiritual actions we take and the care we look after our home is vital in helping it develop and grow in spirituality and sacredness and to help it to be a holy place that so that we do not need to be moved uh thank you very much for listening to this week's study uh, it's been good episode 85 to 87 they were pretty short sections to be fair to be put together as only three of them but we've had a lot to discuss from this uh, next week we'll go into doctrine covenant section 88 after Uh, after, of course, our Monday episode where we take a pause, look at some listener comments. So don't forget to share your listener comments. Uh, That'd be very helpful. Uh, And then also something else I've been studying this week. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again.